This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Welcome to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addie. And you're listening to Series 7, Episode 1, The Numinari Approach. And welcome to Series 7. Here we go. Woo! This is Series 7, which we are playing 7th C. We're sure there's some of you who are returning from uh, from listening to our previous series. Uh, and we also expect a few newcomers. So we're going to take a second here and kind of talk a bit about the podcast. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Essential NPCs, this is Essential NPCs. Or for short, ENPCs. We are an actual play podcast. The majority of... Each episode's content is an actual play with a heavy focus on the narrative aspect of role-playing. Um, but we start every episode off with uh, a little uh, intro with some announcements and what we like to call Words with the GM. It's where we talk about the previous episode. We discuss with the series GM uh, about what happened in that previous episode, decisions that were made, uh, any tips they might have uh, that are highlighted in the episode, things like that. Obviously, since this is episode one, we don't have words with the GM uh, because we don't have a previous episode to talk about. Uh, instead, we're going to talk a bit about 7th C as a system and uh, also uh, give you a little bit of rundown on the story leading up to this 20 episode campaign you are about to listen to. Um, so uh, Addy here is the uh, the GM for this series. Hello. Tell us a bit about uh, 7C. Uh, uh, tell us about the world, about the... Wh- what is this? Is it, it's a fantasy. Uh, yeah. So it's a, a hodgepodge of fantasy, renaissance, and medieval Europe with a heavy dose of uh, swashbuckling and sort of... Um, heroic adventuring. Um, the system is heavily based on the narrative and what your heroes can do with it. Uh, and it's important to note that we are in fact heroes in this system. Um, uh, it's required for you to be playing a good guy. Uh, 7C is a game of heroes versus villains. Yes, it's very explicit about that. There's even a mechanic to m- keep you uh, on the heroic side of the line uh, called corruption which hopefully we'll never have to deal with um but it is uh but it is there nonetheless yeah it's uh whenever you do something that is particularly non-heroic or in fact evil you can earn corruption and if you earn too much corruption you don't get to play that character anymore they become a, a villain so uh the the world of seventh sea is called thea uh like you said it is a bit like renaissance europe uh like almost like a reimagined fantasy version of renaissance europe with parallels to uh the geographical and cultural um aspects of renaissance europe without 
being an exact carbon copy. Yeah. Um, when I say that it's Renaissance Europe, that's really generous um, because uh, it's actually the timeline is like severely condensed. So you've got like conquistadors um, happening as the same time as Arthurian legend, uh, which uh, if anybody's a history buff knows that they didn't happen at the exact same time. <laughs> yeah. And don't expect us to be ru- running around saying like, you know, France and, and England and stuff. They all have their parallels in this world. Uh, uh, Castile is closest to uh, the real world equivalent of Spain. Uh, you have Vodachi, which is kind of like Italy. But but the thing is, it's important to focus on the fact that they're similar, not exactly the same, which is why they have different names. Uh, and also each country has its own type of magic, too, uh, which is really cool. This, which is what makes it fantasy. Yeah. This system actually has um, one of the most satisfying character creation uh, that I've seen. Uh, it doesn't have classes. It has, uh, like, you choose two backgrounds that give you some skills, um, and they give you, uh, like, kind of, like, role-playing quirks that uh, if you plate into them, you are rewarded by the system. Uh, and then, uh, you, you know, you buy some buy some points, you get... Uh, uh, like your characters like virtue and their hubris, which again, like really helps play your role, uh, play into your role play. Um, everything that like makes your character who they are personality wise and like morality wise is built into the mechanics of character creation. Yeah. Uh, and actually that's a really good way to kind of segue into how does this game work? So, uh, you as a character have these things called advantages, advantages, serve to give you almost like talents or superpowers. So it might be something simple as when you attack, you do an extra bit of damage uh, to something like you can activate this advantage and the villain will absolutely believe that you are on their team for for what's called a scene. And in addition to advantages, uh, every character has traits and skills. There are five traits, brawn, finesse, Resolve, Wits, and Panache. Um, And uh, they serve as the basis for every action that you're going to take. Uh, And then the skills are uh, a much wider array, everything from aim or hide to weaponry, warfare, and horseback riding. This system is one of the many systems that allows you to kind of narratively decide what trait and skill you're using um, uh, because that determines how many dice you get to roll. Um, So like while traditionally you might think like using a rapier is going to be like roll finesse and weaponry. Like if you, if you narratively say like you're doing something really smart about it, like you're not really trying to like actually stab the person. Instead, you're trying to distract them and like, and faint in certain ways or like shine the light in their eyes and put them at a disadvantage. You're not really rolling finesse anymore. Now you're playing smart. So maybe you're rolling wits and weaponry, uh, which is really, really fun. It's a way that you can like find narrative ways to play into your character's strengths. Um, but, uh, we should talk a bit about how the dice rolling actually works because this is a very unique system in the way that uh, you roll dice and determine successes. Yeah. So uh, there are uh, two things to say about rolling dice. One, uh, you're not doing it at every corner, unlike a lot of systems that we've had, we've played here on the podcast where it's like Shadowrun or D&D, where it's like, I want to do a thing. Cool. Roll to see if you do it. Generally, uh, you are a hero. So you are doing the thing because... 
you're heroic and you should be able to do it. Um, if there comes a time where something is like particularly difficult or particularly perilous, or you're coming at it in a way that's disadvantageous, you might roll uh, an individual test, which would be uh, the, tr- the associated trait and skill um, and uh, adding that together and rolling the number of D10s. Uh, but must, much more likely, uh, the only time that you're going to roll dice is either in a dramatic or action sequence. Uh, An action sequence is what you might expect. You're sailing on the high seas in a storm or fighting a kraken or uh, fencing um, a bunch of baddies in the street um, or dodging through a burning building uh, where a dramatic scene is pretty much everything that's perilous that's not uh, action-based. Uh, so anything from an intrigue at a ball to uh, sneaking uh, away or toward uh, your goal. And uh, when you enter an action or dramatic sequence, uh, the GM will call for everyone to give out or to uh, describe their approaches. Uh, you don't have to get super specific about it. You just kind of say like, oh, I want to fight him with my rapier. Or, oh, I'm going to try and like hide in this area, you know, that kind of thing. And then, uh, the GM will tell you, okay, uh, that's going to be this trait and this skill. And then once every player has given, uh, their approach, uh, before any dice are rolled, uh, the GM will let everyone know, uh, what kind of consequences there might be, uh, that have to be dealt with or how hard it is for the players to achieve what they're trying to do. The way you do things in dramatic and action sequences is once you've rolled the dice, uh, you roll a bunch of D10s and you, uh, accumulate them into sets of 10. Uh, so if you roll a three and a seven, you put those together, that's what's called a raise. Um, every set of 10 you have is a raise. Uh, they, these determine your initiative in these sequences and you spend them, uh, Uh, to achieve what you're trying to do. Um, So those consequences I mentioned, uh, the GM might be like, oh, okay, you're... You're trying to achieve this thing as a group. Uh, Collectively, between all of you, you need to spend four raises to be successful at that objective. Uh, Meanwhile, there's this other thing like if, you know, if you don't spend two raises towards this thing, bad stuff will happen and etc. So they kind of lay it out and everyone kind of knows what is at stake going into one of these sequences. And then uh, from there, after you roll the dice and uh, accumulate your raises, you narratively work to try and decide like, oh, I rolled athletics, but we also need to distract that person. So maybe like my athletics can be used in a creative way to achieve that. Um, uh, and, uh, and you have to like kind of find ways to play within your approach and still achieve the objectives at hand. It's really, really fun. And it, and it puts you in a position as a player to like really get creative in the ways that you interact, uh, with everything. And it helps everyone, uh, really work together as a team to achieve uh, whatever they're attempting to achieve, whether it's fight some pirates or steal something, uh, steal some treasure. <laughs> uh, and uh, when your dice don't add up to 10, uh, you have what's called a remainder. Uh, and they're my favorite as the game runner <laughs> because remainders can be quote unquote bought by the game runner to uh, provide themselves with a resource that's called danger points and the heroes with hero points. Danger points, let's go over them first because they're my favorite, um, can be spent by the GM uh, to make life really difficult uh, for the heroes. Uh, things like I get to go twice or you guys don't have to make tens. 
you have to make 15s with your dice. Things that like really, really allow me as a game runner to uh, up the difficulty of a scene that I, I think should be really hard. Um, conversely, hero points allow players to activate some of their advantages that they wouldn't otherwise be able to activate. It also allows them to add dice uh, either by helping each other or helping themselves when they're rolling for their dramatic or action sequences. Yeah, you start every session with one or two uh, hero points and you can gain more by playing into your character's background um, or uh, having remaining dice that don't fit into your raises that the GM quote-unquote purchases from you. You can always say no if you don't want the GM to have more danger points, but I know at least as for me as a player, I am greedy and I always want hero points to do fun things. Um, but so you'll, you'll hear kind of this, uh, lingo and you'll, you'll notice there's kind of like an order of operations when you get into one of these kind of sequences. Basically, Addie tells the play, uh, tells us the players, you know, we're entering an action sequence, we're entering a dramatic sequence. What's everyone's approach? Everyone gives their approach, is told how what dice they need to roll. Then Addie will let us know what consequences, if any, there are. She'll let us know how many raises we need to spend to achieve the objectives we've laid out uh, and to avoid bad things from happening. Uh, and then after that, we have an opportunity to spend all any hero points we want to help each other out, get more dice, uh, activate advantages we have use magic whatever and once we we get all that out of the way then we roll our dice we accumulate our raises and then we we go through the sequence spending our raises until no one has any raises left uh and then if the sequence still requires it we roll again and uh if we end up having more raises than we need to achieve our objectives we can uh do a thing that's called creating an opportunity if it fits within your approach you can spend a raise to basically set someone else else up for a better success or like or or give them uh, a chance to do something that they wouldn't normally be able to do a very easily easy example of that is like i'm using finesse and weaponry and i disarm somebody and i want to spend a raise to create an opportunity and say that that sword lands nearby my friend so now my friend can pick up that sword and be armed for this combat that kind of thing um uh it's kind of this moment where the players kind of have a little bit of narrative power to like change the dynamic of uh, of the scene, um, but that's that's really the bulk of the nuts and bolts of this system. There's a little bit more in there, um, but we really it has some strange terminology. So we wanted to make sure you guys kind of knew going in. Uh, that way, when when we roll dice and say like I have three raises with a remainder, you know what that means. And oh, I, I want to spend a hero point to do this. You you know what hero points are. You know uh, we wanted you guys to kind of have a general idea going in. Um, but that's enough about mechanics. Uh, this game. It, this this game is super narratively dri driven, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about the narrative. I want to talk about uh, these characters you guys are about to hear and uh, what their story has been like so far. Uh, and once we do that, then we can move on into the episode. So, uh, Addy, uh, do you want to tell us a bit about um, what's been going on for these characters pre-campaign? The, pre sure. Um, so you guys are actually going to hear uh, from the characters themselves in just a couple moments in our character introductions. Uh, so I'm not going to go too deep, but I do want to say that we have four characters. We've got Captain Kirill Tikvin Timovich, who is from 
Usura, the um, analog to uh, Russia. He is a pirate captain uh, and he um, is uh, currently a smuggler of sorts, uh, helping out uh, another character's family, uh, Matteo di Caligari, smuggles some some trinkets here and there uh, in and out of Odachi. Uh, So they've been a pair for a while. Matteo is a scholar in search of the rarest of treasures. Then the other pair we have is Gutbrand Strandvela, who is uh, from Vestin Manavanyar, which is the analog to Scandinavia, who is a mystic and our primary magic user in this campaign. Uh, he is uh, side by side with uh, our fourth character, Bastian Corazon, who is our duelist. Um, dueling is a very specific uh, thing that your uh, your PCs can be, uh, and we'll go into pretty solid detail uh, in a later Words with the GM. Um but uh, needless to say, uh, Bastian is our primary fighter, uh, and uh, he's been in Vestimanavanyar with Gutbrand because Gutbrand's mother is also a duelist, a very famous duelist, a master of her craft, uh, and Bastian's been studying with her for three years. Um, and just before our campaign begins, uh, Captain Kirill and his uh, ship, the Iceberg, brought Matteo up to Vestin Manavanyar to uh, look for a artifact and uh, they needed a local guide. They found uh, Gutbrand to serve as their guide and Bastian to serve as um, local protection as they uh, delved into an icy mountain tomb of sorts with Gutbrand's guidance and Mateo's academic prowess that team found uh, the artifact and then also discovered that it was part of a pair of icons. They got all the information uh, through some investigation and then escaped just barely from the tomb with their lives. Uh, However, when they got out of the tomb, they found another adventuring party there uh, headed by Amboise Oizo, who is Mateo's academic rival. And uh, after a brief encounter with them, uh, Amboise tricked them into losing the idol. They discovered this um, at the bottom of the mountain, unfortunately, but decided that uh, because they had already gotten the map to the second icon, that they would move forward with their plans. And if Amboise ever showed up again, they might try to retake the icon that he stole from them. The heroes decided to uh, head straight to Numa, uh, where they uh, searched high and low for clues as to where this second tomb and where its icon might be hidden. Uh, And as we pick up um, with them, they've looked almost everywhere and are now headed to the island of Nikiamara in Numa, which is the analog for Greece, to see if they can't find it in this new location. Yeah, and with that, I believe it's time uh, that we move on into the episode. Uh, We'll uh, play our character introductions here so you can hear a little bit more about everyone's motivations. Uh, So let's move on in and listen to Series 7, Episode 1, The Numenari Approach. Enjoy! Enjoy! 
I am Bastian Corazon. I hail from the Castilian city of Odysseia, home of the duelist tournament known as the Festival of Swords. Watching swordmasters all over the world compete inspired me at a very young age to take up the blade. Once I was old enough, I joined the Explorer Society as a means to travel to Avalon and study under the masters of the Skaldas Klisa style. However, earning entry to the Duelist Guild was not enough for me. I have spent nearly two decades since traveling the world, testing my blade against masters and villains alike. Most recently, I have found myself aboard a pirate ship, accompanying a man I consider a brother, Goodbrand Strandbella, on his journey to Numa to uncover lost artifacts. One day I hope to truly master the way of this sword, unlock its secrets, and eventually settle down and found a Duelist Academy to teach a style of my own making. Until then, I will continue to travel the world and learn what I can the way I know best. Crossing blades with skilled duelists brave enough to face me. Good friend Strandavella, and it is very good to meet you. Please don't be too alarmed from my appearance. I am a Skald Vala, a keeper of runes, a finder of lore, a protector of the legacy of Vestan Manavanyar. This may seem like a lofty title, but I promise modern Vestans appreciate far more the achievements of their fighters and their merchants. With the founder of a notable merchant's guild for a father and a mother whose dueling skills are renowned across Thea, I have quite a bit to live up to. Nothing made this more clear than my parents' obvious adoration of Bastian. Today I call him brother, but when my mother first took him into our home for training, I admit my jealousy of his easy demeanor and obvious skill with the weapon. It was this skill that cemented us as a team, working for our respective societies. For the first time, he has taken me away from my home country on a path that may lead me to the fabled 13th rune, and with it, the immortality of my name. Ahoy, I am Captain Kirill Tikvintimovich, strongest man in there. <laughs> you believe? <laughs> Maybe strongest. Who is to say? My past is unimportant. Now, I am captain of the iceberg. She is a very good vessel, silent as the grave, and sturdy enough to sail in dangerous waters others won't follow. Excellent for smuggling. I make certain modifications myself after I steal her from Atabian Trading Company, not Kirill's biggest fans. About two years ago, I am finding Stowaway, uh, who is nephew of Vodachi Merchant Prince, a man who hires me to smuggle relics. The boy is young, but sharp as tattoo needle. He pays Kirill well to pocket artifacts he likes uh, before they are reaching uncle, and so we are in business. However, coin is not enough. Everyone I am allowed to sailing on the iceberg has their uses. <laughs> Matteo di Caligari, at your service. You may have heard of me. Certainly my uncle is a merchant prince of Odachi, but I am constructing a legacy of my own as a renowned archaeologist for the Explorer's Society. Ever since I was a boy, I have loved to watch my uncle's smugglers deliver ancient artifacts from all over the world. As I matured, I loved even more to skim a few off the top for my own personal study. 
At 13, my uncle took notice of my mental, if not material, acquisitiveness and sent me to University and Lyceum in Castile, from which I graduated in a prodigious two years, making only minimal enemies in the process. After the completion of my studies, instead of returning home on Capitano Kirill's vessel, I stowed away to sail straight to the source of my desires, the occult ruins of the mysterious Sirneth. By age 16, our mutually profitable arrangement brought us to Vestin Minavignar, where the Explorer Society connected us with the duelist Bastian, the Valle Skald Gudbrand, and a lead that would change the course of our fates forever. We join the crew and passengers of the sailing ship Iceberg as it heads to yet another island in Numa. You guys have gone to a number of islands in search of the second icon in a set uh, of which you found the first one in uh, deep in an ice flow uh, under a mountain uh, in Vestin Manavinyar. As we join you, uh, you are um, approaching the main port of Nikiamara, which you are now certain, having visited many a ruin and a library in Numa, that this city and the labyrinth underneath it is your destination. What do you do? Okay. I am certain after all of the libraries and cities we have visited, this is our destination. That's what you said about the last place. Yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not right about this time. I mean, it, we have been to more libraries than I've been to in the past three years. So. I mean, uh, look at it this way, Matteo. If, if this is not the right place, we are almost out of places. So surely we are close. That's good logic. <laughs> <laughs> so the ship uh, comes into port easily enough. There's no real port regulation here, as you well know, uh, because this is the territory of the warlord and pirate captain Galatus, um, who rules over the city with somewhat of an iron fist. The, uh, the streets around the port that you uh, see are bustling with all different kinds of people, merchants selling their wares, people shopping, uh, brigands breaking out into fights in the street. This um, steep, stony uh, island in the middle of uh, the sea in, in a tight archipelago uh, is uh, a beautiful with white, washed um, buildings uh, with minarets atop them um, in blue and like a deep rust orange color. It looks somewhat uneven as uh, the houses seem sort of almost piled on top of one another as it heads up the mountainside with, of course, a large uh, palatial estate uh, at the top of the hill. Um, It's beautiful with palm trees and um, other semi-tropical flora and uh, there are many boats around. This port does seem pretty active with um, everything from small fishing vessels to to large ships, not unlike the iceberg, floating and docking into port as well. The, the iceberg successfully makes it into port. Uh, you tie off at the deep water dock and are free uh, if uh, Captain Kirill gives you permission. I could not, Bastion. You are getting better. 
Thank you, Capitan. I'm starting to pick it up. Um, have you been to this port before? Uh, not this port exactly, but uh, I find someone and I show them uh, my brand on my left hand, marking me pirate, uh, so that they know to keep ship safe and that there will be repercussions if they do not. He, he uh, sort of nods and, and sort of runs off post-haste. Uh, now, Capitano, this uh, G- uh, Galatas, the warlord pirate who rules Nikimara, do you know him? Only by reputation, but he seems a reasonable man. Well, then maybe we can talk to him about uh, letting us explore his labyrinthine catacombs. Perhaps. Will he respond more to straightforward, simply just asking him to explore them? Or should we bring a bribe? Should we be prepared to lie to him? Well, if we have bribe, I think that would be best, Avenon, yes. Maybe we take a a look around his uh, town first and see if um, there's any angle we can find to talk to him. Sure, absolutely. Surely there is a Jenny's Hall here. I can uh, go use my connections there. Perhaps they have a finger on the pulse of Nikki Amara. Ah, Bastian, you step onto land, you head right for the Jennies. <laughs> Is that a bad thing? No, I actually need to talk to one of them as well. That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, I will seek out the Jennies Hall. If there is someone on the port, I will ask them. Or if it is very obvious, I will just go to there. Um, it's set a little bit farther back into the city. Um, you find out uh, than is typical of a port city. It's usually uh, closer to uh, the docks. This one is, is about halfway up up the mountain. The, the Jenny's Hall um, presents as every other Jenny's Hall does, um, draped in, sort, uh, in silks and other fine fabrics and uh, is very well kept. The, um, this one seems to have a rooftop sitting area or garden um, on the flat roof uh, where there are colorful silks draped as sort of shade against the, the hot sun. You walk up uh, and uh, do you knock on the door? If it seems like that is the way to go, otherwise I will just enter. Okay. Uh, nothing makes you think that this Jenny's Hall is any different than any other. Uh, so you can just go ahead on I, it. I will walk in and I will try to find some sort of uh, person in charge. If there is a bar, I will talk to the man or woman behind the bar. Uh, even in the most ramshackle of towns, the Jenny's Hall is always beautiful. Something about the efficiency of this profession. Its popularity, perhaps. I will say they are... Constantly very well funded, so they have the money to spend. It's admirable. Well, if you spend as much time as C as Captain Kirill, you fund Jenny's Halls <laughs> every time you come to port. Well, I'm, I'm sure you already have a space in your books for expenses on the port. <laughs> Capitano, I was certain you were married to the sea. <laughs> it is often a relationship. <laughs> um, there is a... Um Less of a an open bar and and more of a or of a almost ordering window that's decorated in like um uh, like crescent sh- like moon shapes um, and filigree along the sides as you go into like the the dark uh, pleasantly cool room um, that's actually um, quite large and uh, as always there's a comfortable seating there is a person in, in this in the window in, in the surface window um, there are also a few people um, lounging about but it it's rather empty um, it is m- the middle of the morning uh, so it's not uh, necessarily the busy time for for the uh, Jennies 
It is the most, uh, it is the best time to come in because all the important people are available. Uh, I will approach the window. Uh, hello, uh, Bastian Coelzon. Uh, the, the man in the window, uh, says, charmed to meet you. Uh, I reach into, uh, uh, in, into my pack and pull out, uh, the little, uh, writ I have that shows that I am a friend of the Janice and I slide it over to him. Uh, he picks it up, uh, almost without a second glance, slides it back to you. Um, and I say, uh, I'm uh, new to town. I have not been here before. And I was hoping to talk to somebody who knew uh, the goings around and possibly uh, could inform me as to the best way uh, to earn the favor of the warlord Galatas. Oh, I see. Um, well, I believe that you would like to speak with Daphne. She is, of course, uh, resting at the moment. But uh, for a friend, I believe that she would come out of her rest um, this way. And uh, he comes out, fr- like, steps back from the window and comes around. Um, he's wearing uh, loosely draped clothes um, that look very comfortable uh, with a long, like, gold chain around his neck. He leads you to a seating area that's draped uh, and divided by um, by uh, sheer uh, fabric. Um, so that it's semi-private. Please wait here. Uh, it may take a moment for her to prepare herself. Of course. Would you like to see her alone? I don't know about you two, but I could stand to eat something that's not salted cod. <laughs> Well, I also do have business here before we leave. Sure. Uh, Captain Kirill? Something other than salted cod sounds very good. Excellent. Excellent. I say we uh, maybe go out to the streets, find some place that's not too busy. Maybe we will find a waiter to talk to or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. As you two walk away, I look over at Mateo and I'm like, have a seat. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I sit down on the other end of the room from Bastian. Uh, so, here we both are. Yes, well, what business do you have with the Jennies? Oh, I, um, well, just a few months back, before we left for the journey, I, uh, I purchased the services of a clever conversationalist, and uh, I wanted to check in and see if um, they had anything interesting to say. Oh, who are you spying on? I grin. Uh, all right. Um, you remember when uh, we found that idol, uh, my old school friend was right behind us. And, uh, oh, yes. Amboise. The, the, the Montaigne, yes. Yes. Uh, Amboise. <laughs> well, uh, as far as I know, I think he is the one who stole the idol from us. Uh, and uh, I have been watching him uh, from afar through the Jennies. That is uh, rather clever of you. Good job. The Jennies are uh, an indispensable resource in that regard. Well, they have uh, given me some reports so far. I am interested to see. I have not checked up in a while. I, I leave the conversation at that. And <laughs> if I have to wait, I might you know, pull out and check on one of my daggers and perhaps sharpen it a little bit. Uh, you do actually end up waiting for uh, a little while. The... The uh, gentleman who um, uh, sat you uh, never returns. Uh, and just before you are perhaps uh, thinking that you've been forgotten, um, a tall statuesque woman uh, 
parts the drapes, uh, the, the, the draped fabric, uh, and walks in. She's with a dark, uh, wavy hair and, um, bright green eyes and, and, a and like a, a dark olive complexion. Um, and she sort of lounges on a third, uh, chair gracefully uh in a way that like you didn't think it was really possible to do <laughs> um and she goes hello my dear is there anything i can help you with yes uh, perhaps your uh, your man told you um the nature of our visit. We are uh, new to town and are hoping to perhaps get an audience with the warlord Galatus, um, or at least know how to earn his favor. We perhaps need to ask a favor of him. And you? Uh, I am looking to speak with a certain clever conversationalist about a friend. I see. Well? You may have his name, his name in your records, uh, Matteo de Caligari. Ah, yes, you may recognize my surname. Of course I recognize your surname, but it is your whole name that I am interested in. It seems I do have a scroll for you. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> a letter for me? So excited. <laughs> forgive, forgive my boyish glee. <laughs> uh, she smiles blithely. Yes, of course. I'll fetch it before uh, you leave. But as for the warlord Galatus and all his majesty, I don't know if you have the ability to gain his favor in the way that I know how best. Um, he is, in fact, a fickle man, um, one that is prone to change his mind one way or the next, depending on how he is feeling. A man like that must have enemies. He does. Who might they be, and are they in town? The enemy of choice is actually a woman who is not from here. They're newly blooded. Please do go on. She smiles, kind of a half smile. Um, of course, um, I'm not trying to be coy, but uh, it isn't really anyone's business why they're enemies. They were great friends once. I'm not necessarily interested in why they do not like each other. I'm more interested in her location and perhaps how I might leverage his despise for her. She is the queen of Lake Diamond. Oh, so she is not in town. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, their feud actually might have given you something of a boon. I hear he's been looking for someone to make the journey there to... I don't know what. Appease her? Kill her? I, my sources have not yet found out. Well, that is advantageous. We have a sheep. I am very good at killing, and Matteo here is very good at appeasing. I'm sure I, he is. I smile innocently. <laughs> if you would like an audience with him, I can send word ahead. I cannot promise that he'll see you in a day, but I do think he will see you if... You have a good story to tell. He does love a good story. I have one. It involves whales. <laughs> we um, happen to know a storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, uh, I will uh, send one of the girls up there to reserve a spot for you and then perhaps see if she can glean any more information. Is that amenable? Absolutely, yes. And will you be staying with us this evening? Of course. The two of you? Uh, 
I I look at Bastian. I raise my eyebrows expectingly. Yes, I will be staying as well. It would be rude to refuse. Excellent. Uh, I shall retrieve keys for you and then also your scroll. We do have two others traveling with us. For more rooms, perhaps? Of course. It is my great pleasure to host as many of your friends as we can. And uh, as she stands up, I will stand up as well and I will bow and kiss her hand. She lets you, does a little, uh, t- the tiniest of curtsies. Uh, and then she goes, uh, returns with four keys, which she hands specifically to you, Bastian. Um, and then she hands a scroll to Mateo. We'll see you soon then. I cannot wait. She winks. I wink back. Uh, you, you know I see all of this, yes? <laughs> no, I am not hiding it. I tell you what, they know, <laughs> they know how to make you wait. <laughs> All of the good things in life are worth waiting for, Matteo. I, I tear open my <laughs> scroll. <laughs> you tear open your scroll as Daphne leaves. Inside, it has uh, the last known location of Amboise Oiseau. Uh, and uh, he left uh, on a boat called the Caligula from Vodachi towards Ifri. Um, and it has not been seen since. From Vodachi to Ifri. Yes. Are there Numenari Islands in between Vodachi and Ifri? Uh, if you took a left-hand turn, yeah. Mm-hmm. You could kind of curve your way towards the Numenari yes. approach? Yes, I'm sure he's not on his way here. We must be wary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I believe we will try to go and find our two companions. Yes, I wonder what they've gotten up to while we've been waiting here. <laughs> Probably nothing. Smash cut. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I assume we are wandering the streets. I'm specifically looking for a place to get some food and to sit down and possibly talk to a vendor or a uh, waiter server person about uh, uh, the warlord Galatus. Did he, does he prefer to be called Warlord Galatus or Captain Galatus? Captain Kiro? I've only ever heard Galatus. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> more of a mononymic type, I suppose. I do not know this word. <laughs> <laughs> it means he goes by a name of a single word? Oh, yes, this sounds correct. Sure, okay, good, good. Um, do we see any type of uh, establishment? Uh, there are all kinds of little, like, almost pop-up cafes line the streets. Um, uh, it's a very busy city um, that seems very safe because of its totalitarian nature. Sure. Um, so uh, there are, are merchants and, and tents um, all around. Uh, there are people drinking a, a clear alcohol of some kind um, that they seem to be drinking out of very small glasses. Um, there's also uh, people eating um, like uh, chunks of meat like roasted on on like little spits um, and uh, roast and like grilled vegetables. Uh, there's also um, uh, flat bread that's been like stuffed with um, different sort of like sauces and, and meats um, and like chopped up vegetables and, and things like that. You know, it's insane the kind of things that you miss uh, on the sea. What I could really crave right now at the same time is a, a bowl of... Uh, grilled vegetables and a cup of really, really strong coffee. 
This sounds excellent. <laughs> Is there a coffee and vegetable? I think there's a, a store over here that uh, might have both those things. Uh, yeah, you can. You sit down under uh, at a table for four at uh, <laughs> under a purple tent, and uh, uh, in short order, a, a waiter comes up to you. Your uh, finest vegetables and coffee, please. <laughs> <laughs> for the both of you. Uh, yes, I would. Uh, that sounds like a perfect order. I will double it. Uh, right away. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, he disappears into like a smaller tent uh, in the back. You can smell like the the roasting meat and and sort of uh, the air is perfumed with this um, scent of like foreign spices. Sure. With uh, within moments, he returns uh, with two bowls of of roasted vegetables and um, uh, very small cups of uh, coffee. Excuse me, do you have any bigger cups for this my coffee? This is not enough. It's certainly not. <laughs> I've never seen a coffee cup this small in, in, in <laughs> Vestin Manavanyar. We drink them out of giant mugs. He he looks sort of like uh, confused for a moment and, and uh, goes, Sir, I, I believe uh, you should you should try the the coffee first. Uh, if it is not to your liking, of course, I'm happy to give it to you in a bigger mug watered down with some water. Watered down? <laughs> we have been on water for the past three months. The last thing I need is a watered down. Let me try it. And uh, good friend Strandvella takes a sip and his pupils shrink and he looks at it and he's like, this is the best thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> I will drink. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's um, almost thicker than normal coffee. Uh, it's um, and it's it's like uh, almost like it's been compressed down uh, into like four cups of coffee have been compressed down into like one <laughs> tiny little mug. Oh, what will they think of next? <laughs> uh, it's incredibly strong and. Uh, takes you a while to feel like you're ready for the next one. True. Um, what is... Uh, excuse me, what, what is your name? Milos. Milos, I am uh, good friend Strandavella, and uh, this is my good friend Captain uh, Kirill Tikvintimovic. I'm sure he's very pleased to meet you. Um, <laughs> have you not heard? Uh, heard, of, heard of what? Captain Kirill Tikvintimovic. Oh, um... Yes, of course. No need to be so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> this coffee is good. I will have two more, please. Um, yes, right, right away. Yes, I, I, I am all right on the coffee. I'm more interested in uh, this uh, Captain Pirate Warlord Galatis. Does he just go by Galatis? Is it a, is it a mononym? I um. It means only one name. <laughs> he only has one name. Yeah. Sure, Galatis. Um, we, as strange as it may seem, are trying to grant an audience with him. Does he? Is there a gift that perhaps we could bring him? Is there anything that he craves or covets? Something that he would enjoy? Something that might get us to see him quicker? <laughs> uh, he has, I think, everything that he would want. I mean, he's the warlord. Who does he war with? I don't think that is what warlord means. <laughs> <laughs> it has to come from somewhere, no? Well, I think he already did his wars, and now he is the warlord, and that's just the status he has. Ugh, this seems reasonable. 
<laughs> Pirates do not have these titles. <laughs> well, you stick with captain, it serves you well. I, 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 I mean, if I imagine if you're warlord, you could get probably anything you wanted. Um, I suppose that is fair. I figured I would ask. Yeah, I mean, do you do you like the uh, do you like Galatus? Is he a for fair warlord? Is that the thing? Uh, yeah. Well, he's very strict when it comes to crime and punishment. But uh, but other if you follow the rules, he's he's actually kind of great. I think. I don't know. I've never met him. Sure, but you're an upstanding business owner. Does he bother you at all? Does he hassle you? Does he make you pay like a protection fee or? Well, we pay taxes. I suppose that is almost the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, nobody, nobody comes and like tries to bully us to pay them. We we pay for his protection with our taxes. Sure, he seems like a fair man, it, as much as uh, an assessment as I can make, caring about them for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, you know, do you know where he is living? <clears throat> oh, uh, in the palisade, up up at the top of. The mountain. Oh, the big one up there. I suppose that makes sense. He is doing very well for himself. Does he take visitors? Probably. I don't... I've never... I just want to run my restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, it, could you please get us three more coffees then? I totally understand. We are bothering you. I apologize. Uh, a service is my business. So I'm happy to answer your questions. But would you like those co- coffees? Yes, Milos, okay. thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, and, and Milos goes uh, and comes back with three coffees and then sort of stands there waiting to see if you're going to ask him any more questions <laughs> for like half a second. And then he runs off to another table. <laughs> Little skittish now. <laughs> I don't know if that's just the Numenari custom or maybe they are just like a bird-like people. But yes, that's the sense I got. <laughs> I take another drink and think maybe he's had some of this. <laughs> that makes sense, yes. Little little hopped up on this coffee drink. At that point, do we see our compatriots? I mean, whenever we arrive, we arrive. Yeah, uh, it's not that hard uh, to see them. They sat sort of on the edge of the, the purple tent, and the purple tent is bright purple, uh, so it catches your eye, and soon you see the giant uh, Captain Kirill, uh, at a what looks like a tiny table, sitting with a tall and very um, distinct-looking man. Uh, I am the only person wearing a hood in the cafe. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, and I, I am the only not wearing shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Those are very small. Um, Coffee glasses you you two have. Oh my goodness! Try this. Try just try a taste. I take the 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 coffee and take a small sip. Oh, this is very good. Yes, you may have that one. I'm getting another one. <laughs> it seems very strong. I feel great. How about you, Captain Carroll? Oh, I'm fine. I you, could run race. I could. Run. <laughs> is there a race today? Can we find a race? Can we go? We will make a race. Yes, yes. You, me, me versus you. Oh dear. I see you have found a way to make yourself stand out as much as possible. <laughs> Oh, was that something we were not trying to do? I, mm. How was your meeting with the Jennies? Did you have a good talk? 
Yes, thank you. He is very afraid that Amboise will, will arrive sometime soon. And, and I, I'm not afraid. I am wary. I am prepared. There is a difference. You know, I did, as we were taking off, notice the ship was following us, but it seemed to turn off, so I didn't think anything about it. Hmm. Amboise. <laughs> like I said, afraid. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, I recount uh, that we may have a way to meet with the warlord sometime soon. Uh, uh, the Jennies are working on it. Um, we have four rooms in the Jennies Hall, oh, obviously. Excellent. Um, but uh, until they get back to me, I'm not sure um, uh, what else to do but to take in the sights and uh, and enjoy this new port. Well, thank goodness the Jennies knew something about Galatus because the waiters here don't seem to know a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about him yet. Uh, he seems like maybe... Not the nicest of men. I appreciate his managerial style. <laughs> As he seems to be fair, at least. He, the, nobody is uh, rioting in the streets, so that's a good sign. Mm, from time to time. I'm going to eat some of uh, Good Brand's vegetables. <laughs> uh, they look very tasty. They are, uh, isn't, it, isn't it weird what you miss when you're on the sea? Uh, Numenari food is always the best. Uh, this Numenari food tastes weird. Uh, tastes different from Numenari food you've had in the past, Bastian. Okay. I, it's I missing kinda, something. I kind of move it around in my mouth a little bit, and then I, I swallow. I go, usually the best. <laughs> this, one, this, this man does not know how to make vegetables. <laughs> are, are you sure he's from Numa and not just a transplant? I mean, he said his name is Milos. It <laughs> seems pretty Numenari to me. Fair enough. Now that you mention, a certain bread is only flat when something has gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I leave the rest of the vegetables. They are not up to my standards for Numenari food. And I continue eating them? Yeah, uh, they taste great. Sure. Yeah. There's just something weird about them. I've never had this kind of food before, so they taste great. I don't know how you can grill vegetables incorrectly. It's all about the spices, the Numenari. They know how to, how to season their food specially. That is not something the Vestan have mastered so far. Yes, I know. I've lived there for three years. <laughs> Milos! <laughs> uh, he comes uh, back out. What do you use on vegetables? We are having debate. Perhaps you can settle. <laughs> oh, uh, sure. Um, there's uh, uh, pepper and s salt and some rosemary, and uh, we smoke them over um, bay leaves. Um, and then, of course, there's the olive oil that we brush them with, and uh, and uh, usually the cucumber is a little fresher. But 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 uh, it's I didn't think anyone would notice. I I didn't notice. I thought it was delicious. You know, something just tastes off for me, but it, it could just be uh, perhaps uh, I'm too tired, I say, trying to be as courteous as possible, giving Capi, uh, Capitan Carroll a, a look like, why did you call this man over here? <laughs> <laughs> if it's not fresh cucumber, perhaps slight discount, no? <laughs> oh, oh, um, but he looks you up and down and then I looks look at him down <laughs> and then looks at all of the people who are with you and how they're very obviously not from around here. I smile innocently. <laughs> uh, and goes, uh, uh, yes, first time discount for new customers. That sounds great. What a lovely custom. Thank you, Milos. You're, you're welcome. He runs off. Such a scared people. See, I noticed this too. Isn't it strange? 
I'm going to look for a, a more dangerous part of town, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you think said we were going to see the sights, yes? Yes. I certainly have the energy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find the sights that are usually hidden from sight. I, uh, I take the bow off of my neck and I string it as we walk, just in case we <laughs> run into a dangerous situation. The most potent truths are often hidden in the darkest places. Uh, this is true, but we should not go into a dark place without a light ourselves. Um, as we are leaving, I will um, put a little extra coin underneath one of the bowls uh, to compensate Milos for being shaken down by my pirate friend. <laughs> <laughs> I understand his methods, but I feel a little guilty. <laughs> this is our custom. <laughs> uh, yeah, you imagine that he gets the coin. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it helps me sleep at night. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm obviously not going to let Mateo or Goodbrand go wandering around without, <laughs> without me to protect them. Uh, so I, I catch up as quickly as possible. Uh, you do. Um, and, yeah, anyone who would like to can roll Wits and Notice um, or Wits and Theft uh, mm. to find the bad part of town. Two races for Kiro. Two for Bastion. Three for Matteo. Yes, I have uh, three races and one remainder. Yeah, okay. Uh, so you search and search and search and search and search hmm. and search. There is no bad part of town. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot find it. You're, you go to all the usual places. You go down to the docks. You go to sort of like the poor section of town, which takes you a while to find. Um, but there's not really like, except for the brigands down by the docks who are like really only half-heartedly fighting over like uh, spilt ale. Uh, there's not really any any bad part to be found um, anywhere. It's actually weirdly nice. Uh, there's never a time when you feel in danger. This could be because of Captain Kirill, the giant man, uh. and Bastion with his very nice rapier and duelist guild pin shining brightly in the uh, in the midday sun. Uh, there aren't that many people who are approaching you either. So you are somewhat unsuccessful in finding said seedy underbelly of Nikki Amara. Milos was right. Galatus runs a tight ship. Apparently, yes. Everyone is scared here, except, I imagine, Galatus. That's the one I think we talked to then. Up to the top of the hill, I assume. We have not secured the meeting yet via the Jennies. Ah, do we need one? Perhaps. We do not want to anger him. He was described as fickle. I'd rather start on the good foot. Hmm. It will take so much time, but if you insist. Remember what I said. Patience is a virtue. <sighs> I guide him from the small of his back towards the Jenny's Hall. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, you guys return to the Jenny's Hall, um, and there a uh, young woman is waiting for you, Bastian. She tells you that this evening you're uh, welcomed to dinner uh, with Galatus and uh, other esteemed guests, and uh, that she could find no weakness. No weakness for Galatus? Yes. I appreciate your efforts. And I smack Matteo on the shoulder uh, playfully and go, See? We wait a little bit. We check in with, our, with the Jennies and we have an invitation. Arriving with an invitation is much better than arriving unannounced. Do you mm -hmm. not agree? 
What was the name of that queen again? That was his uh, enemy, you say? I'm the, the sorry? queen of the Lake de Man. Oh, uh, that's uh, Queen uh, Soteira. But why would you want to know about her? Oh, uh, where I come from, it is good to see a thing from all its sides, uh, like a rich jewel. It is much more valuable if you turn it in your hands, see all the ways that it reflects the light. It could be useful to us to know the name of his enemies. I mean... Oh, but they're good friends. She was just here maybe a week ago. Ah, yes, his friends, his friends as well, of course. I miss both. <laughs> um, that's all right. I'm glad I could help. She looks at... Uh, Is she around uh, Mateo's age? Yeah, she looks at Mateo, and uh, she sort of smiles because, uh, "Are you? Um, will we be seeing you later?" Uh, I nudge I, uh, Mateo. Probably too hard. Oh yes, I will be back uh, th- this evening uh, to uh, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she she smiles and goes, "Well, I I, I look forward to your return." And she curtsies and goes into the Jenny saw. So I, I bow with all courtesies. I give Captain uh, Captain Kirill uh, a, a grin and a look and shrug. <laughs> I return it. <laughs> um, so our uh, yeah, if it is time for dinner, I believe um, we go to dinner. I do not know what the appropriate attire is, but I assume I'm dressed appropriately. Uh, no one necessarily tells you that there's any required attire. Uh, and you don't actually know what kind of dinner this might be. But I only brought the one cloak anyway, so it, <laughs> couldn't, it couldn't change if I wanted to. I will stop by the iceberg for my captain's jacket. <laughs> <laughs> is he putting on a shirt? <laughs> he must think this is a very fancy occasion. It has been months. <laughs> it is formal party. You must always look your sharpest. <laughs> Well, oh, I know. I say, adjusting my beautiful clothing. <laughs> I ruffle his hair. <laughs> yes, the hair is fine, but stay away from the ruffle. <laughs> I believe then we uh, we go up to uh, the palisade. Sure. Uh, so uh, the palisade is at the top of uh, the city. Uh, it is not a long walk, but it is certainly... One that takes effort as it is completely uphill. You know, I tried to find out if there was something we could use to appease Galatus, but it appears that he doesn't take bribes or gifts or any sort of that thing. He uh, just has everything that he needs. What do you get for the man who has everything? Exactly. Did Did you happen to find out anything that we might use to soften him up, perhaps? Uh, it seems to be in some contention among the Jennies. Uh, one acknowledges it and one does not, that he has an enemy in uh, the Queen Sotaira, uh from um, a nearby island. The name was... Lakedamon. The Queen of Lakedamon, Sotaira. I am not sure. I will uh, have my eyes and ears open tonight to see what I can learn. Sure. Hopefully I can keep up the conversation. If possible, I would uh, I would like to be bringing a bottle of rum. I assume he is a cap- he is a captain, a pirate captain. He of course at least enjoys rum to a certain degree. Uh, yeah, of course you can you can bring a, a bottle of rum if you like. That is a stereotype, <laughs> but I also think it is a good idea. <laughs> so you uh, get up to the palisade, and it is beautiful. Um, unlike a lot of the other buildings. Uh, in the city, uh, this one is not whitewashed. It is made of white stone. 
uh, and uh, on top there are four beautiful um, um, mosaic-covered um, minarets at the top, and then a, a, a dome uh, that looks like it's painted with gold um, in the middle. There are columns and pillars uh, that hold up uh, a large uh, sort of wide U-shaped um, area that has um, lighting along it uh, and and comfortable sort of um, reclining chairs uh, all throughout the gardens. Um, and uh, the people who work here seem to have been briefed about who was coming to dinner and no one really uh, stops you or inquires anything of you. They just sort of open the gates and, and then uh, let you through. Um, when you get to the large two-story doors, it, this whole place looks like it was built for someone bigger, um, which uh, Matteo and uh, Gutbrand you key off of. This is the same proportions as many of the Cernith ruins that you've seen and have heard about in your studies, though it looks like it's got designs sort of like plastered over uh, um, what might have come before uh, with the mosaics and the minarets and then also with carvings and, and um, runes and language and different languages and and um, and uh, like bas relief um, all along the tops of uh of the the stone columns of like diff telling different stories of, of heroes. Do you go through the doors? I certainly would. I, I think so, yes. I think we are ready. Uh, I must say, the Skeletus, he has um, exquisite taste for a warlord. Well, it's true, uh, but I don't appreciate how he covers up the rich history of the CERN. I wish he had left it a little bit more alone. You and I are of a mind. Uh, you do actually know that uh, Nikki Amara was at one point um, conquered by many different nations. Uh, so it could be that he did much of this. It could also be that he has only added to what has already been added and taken away to to this building. Sure. But you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I opened the door. Sure. Uh, with a, a small push, the door easily opens. Um, and uh, you look, and actually there are people on the inside opening, uh, working to open the door. As, uh, as the double doors so sort of open up, uh, you are presented with an extremely long table that runs the length of uh, this huge room. Um, uh, the table is only about two feet high, and uh, there are long sort of cushions um, uh, all the way along the table. Um, uh, the table's already set with plates of gold, um, and uh, uh, with um, a tropical smorgasbord uh, laid out before you, there are pitchers of wine being held by men and women who are, are away from the table waiting for people to sit. Um, it is a beautiful spread. Uh, there are other people also milling around, probably close to 50, um, all of whom seem just as surprised to be here as the next. They are surprised to be here. Why is that? If you ask them, they were expecting a more intimate dinner. Ah, well, what's wrong with a party every now and then, especially a surprise party? Excuse me, do you have any coffee in tiny little cup? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, well, that's 
normally served as a as a date drink. Um, but I could make you some if you like. Oh, please, yes. Of course. Could I please have another cup as well? Another cup? Four, uh, please. Oh, I don't n- know if that's... <laughs> Thank you, you're too kind. I have coin. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, she looks at you. Well, I suppose you're rather big, so <laughs> it should be okay. Uh, yes, yes, of course. I'll, I'll bring them out one, one at a time so you can really savor them. Uh, it is my pleasure to serve you. Well, thank you very much. And she sort of like runs, not runs, but like, you know, go uh, walks off. Uh, walks with purpose. Um, yes. As she's leaving, I will, uh, I will quickly be like, are you uh, the, the, um, the major D? Are you in charge of the servants here or who might I speak to? Oh, is, um, I have a gift for the host. Oh, uh, no, that's not me. Um, but I can, I can get him for you. Uh, would you like to present your gift in person or would you like us to present it with the other gifts? In person would be preferable for me. Of course, of course. Um, have you brought a gift before? I raise an eyebrow. Um, no, this is my first time uh, setting foot in Nikki Amara. She nods. What would you recommend? Um, I would recommend the the gifts table if you've not made um, the warlord's personal acquaintance before. Fair enough. I will follow your advice. Uh, and she waits for you to give her the gift. I do. Um, it is from Bastion Corazon and Company. Of course. Uh, and she she takes it um, along with her like jug of wine that she's like been holding, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and moves with purpose um, off uh, into what can be presumed as the back room. This is strange. I'm going to. Take a look around. Uh, on a cursory reading of the room, uh, what can I learn? Are these locals? Are these who? Who are these people? Uh, are they nobles? Are they the rich folk of this island? Um, are they? And is the warlord here? Um, I want to schmooze. I think is what I'm saying. I want to. Uh, I, I I'm something of a social operator from time to time. Um, I am thinking about uh, uh, going from place to place, um, trying to uh, root out uh, sycophants and uh, people who know what's going on and extract a little bit of information about from them. Yeah, um, yeah. You can roll panache and perform, or you can roll panache and convince. I have three raises. Sure. Um, so you um, take a turn about the room um, and... One thing is certain, uh, the warlord Galatus is not here yet. Mm-hmm. Um, People are not scared enough. They're talking too freely. <laughs> uh, the, the next thing that you learn is nearly no one is local. It's, it's not easy to tell because... Um, Numa houses people from all over Thea and the Crescent Empire and Ifri. Um, because of the, the constant conquests, many come and stay or uh, choose to live a life of freedom here where elsewhere they might have been constrained or in the case of like Aizen or, um, or magic users in uh, Castile, uh, there is there is here is much safer than monsters and the Inquisition. Mm-hmm. 
But you learn at this dinner, there are very few people who are from NUMA. And uh, those who are, are definitely not from Nikki Amara. Uh Uh, Is anyone here for the same reason we are? Everyone seems really tight-lipped about why they're here. Hmm. Uh, Very good. You get a lot of, I wanted to see the sights, um, pay my respects, uh, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I drop um, a little bit about uh, uh, Galatas' friend, uh, Sotira in Lock of Diamond, does anyone correct me? No. Um, many people don't know who you're talking about as ah. they're foreigners. Those who are from NUMA do give you kind of a, a weird sort of eyebrow, um, either because it seems almost like a non sequitur or uh, they know something, but they aren't willing to share. Very good. Well, I, I will uh, return to uh, the crew over here. Um, Yes, it seems that everybody's uh, hmm, very secretive about why they are here, uh, which makes me a little suspicious, but I wouldn't worry just as of yet. Uh, I don't think uh, Sotira is uh, Galatis' friend by any stretch. Uh, Also, nobody is from around here. All are foreigners. Just like us? That's very strange. Hmm, Maybe Galatis has a thing for the exotic. Or perhaps he would like to introduce people who are new to his town so we can get a, a feel for them and see mm. if they're going to be any trouble. Mm. You think he invites every single person who is not from Nikki Amara who shows up on his ports to his own personal domicile? I shrug. Uh, it depends on how much free time he has, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, he is a warlord. You'd think he'd be ruling. We may have just arrived on his serendipitous day. I never believe in serendipity if I can help it. It's true, there's no such thing as luck. This is not true. (laughs) Matteo, you still have so much to learn about the world. And I pat him condescendingly on the shoulder. (laughs) I ruffle his hair. (laughs) Okay, all right. It is definitely too... It is past the time to ruffle my hair. I spent a lot of time on the hair. (laughs) Um, If it is time for dinner, I will sit. If there are hors d'oeuvres, I will eat them. Uh, (laughs) I will enjoy myself at this party. You think too much. (laughs) I will spend this entire party thinking too much. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, after a while, um, the sort of socializing comes to an end and everybody starts to take their seats. Uh, It's only when the last person is sat that um, there's a a gong that's rung. Um, And at first, a very small man, uh, very thin, almost waifish, comes in a very fancy hat uh, and... Uh, sits down at the table. He does not look like much. Uh, and he sort of like uh, moves all of the all of the um, silverware and the plate uh, and the goblet like just so. Um, and then he stands up and he fluffs the the cushion. Uh, and then he like speeds off uh, the opposite direction that he came. And then a giant man walks in. Um, the largest man you have ever seen. Good author. Even oh. bigger than Goodbrand and Capitan Kiro? Uh, yes. Galatus does not sound like a sort of name, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, he is uh, tall um, and tanned um, with a, a large um, tattoo over his uh, right ear. Uh, and a uh, 
half of his head is shaved to show it off. It's in the shape of like a crescent moon. He's also got a brand, uh, not unlike Kirill's, uh, indicating that he is a pirate. Um, he is wearing a shirt. Uh, you could call it that. It's not covering much. <laughs> um, and, uh, but it looks like it's made of like very fine material. Um, and uh, he's got uh, deep set eyes um, and like very strong cheekbones and um, a beautiful smile with a full set of very white teeth. I discreetly open my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at everyone down the table uh, and he goes, Y'all be welcome here. (laughs) This be my table, and y'all be welcome, because I have an ask of ye when ye are all well and fed. So eat, drink, be merry, and then we'll get down to business. To business! (laughs) Yar! Yar. Um, and with that, he sits down, like tears a leg off a turkey and starts eating it. Uh, how far down the table are we from him? How far did you sit? If it was an option, I would sit as close to the head of the table as possible. But not my, I would have Kiro be as close to Capitan Galatas as I could make him. Uh, so there were people who sat before you and, and they kind of had the same aim. Uh, but you're not far from the head of the table. How many of them was I able to nudge off? <laughs> uh, there are cushions on the floor, so oh. zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you tried to like step on a guy and, uh, and then you thought better of it. <laughs> so as he's, he's chomping, he doesn't actually make a whole lot of, of conversation. A lot of like, and, and, you know, nom, 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 and then, like, be passing that wine to me, aren't ya? <laughs> and uh, he, stuff he, like that. He is all business. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you eat. It t- tastes good. It tastes really great, except for, to you, uh, Bastion. Uh, it's still, it's great Numenari food, but it's missing something. It's weird. It's something in Nikki Yamada is just, uh, they cook things differently. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just different. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm full from the vegetables and I'm still eating more. <laughs> um, but during the dinner, I will uh, try to, um, as best as is possible, whether it be with people sitting around us or just amongst the four of us, uh, I will try to... Uh, Engaged in my friends in reliving old tales, uh, perhaps uh, talking about uh, our journey here and the time we were attacked by whales. Or if no one wants to talk about that, then I will gladly talk about uh, multiple times I've been at the Festival of Swords and uh, the different challenges I had there. I uh, Keying into what the Jenny said, I will try to make myself or one of my three friends uh, appear to be an excellent storyteller. Uh, you um, mention the the whales on the ship, and there's something about having uh, three or four very strong cups of coffee that really gets <laughs> me excited about that story. I was hoping that would happen. <laughs> um, so, uh, Gudbrand, um, he says, oh, the, 
The whales? Are you talking about the whale? Okay, look, look, look. So here, here we were in the middle of the ocean. The, the, the waves are roiling around us and then tossing the ship back and forth. They start to have clouds coming over the sky. They look dangerous, like they could strike us with lightning at any moment. And then what do we see over the port bow? But two flukes of whales... And then two more. (laughs) And then two more. (laughs) Captain Carroll sounds his alarm. He says, everyone to their battle stations. Everybody get to your positions. I fly up to the harpoon gun. Uh, Matteo runs down to assist with uh, keeping the ship fixed uh, just in case they attack us. And um, Bastian is um, a new sailor, so he's doing his besties and (laughs) and making sure all of the sheets are where they're supposed to be. And the, these whales, they come rushing at us, two split off to go around the other side. And one, a bold one, comes to ram into us. On Kirill's command, he says, fire the harpoon gun. And I look that whale dead in the eye and I shoot it right into its little brain. It falls with blood roiling up to the top. Um, <laughs> Matteo springs into action, boarding up the side of the ship. It's incredible to watch him work. He takes command as, as though he is a natural. He, he has done it before. Um, I read the harpoon gun for a second one and I look back and I see Bastian tying himself to the mast no idea what he is doing <laughs> <laughs> Captain Kirill swings the ship around and, and with sword in hand Bastian falls over the side of the ship and somehow grabs the rope running along the side of the ship slashing at the whale, slashing at one slashing at the second and in the third he plunges it straight into his brain the second whale falls with blood seeping from its head wound, rolling up in its own craggly eye. And I'm trying to get people very excited. And at the, <laughs> at the same time, I am trying to make um, uh, Bastian into somebody who seems innovative, who seems very uh, intelligent in what he is doing. And I'm spending a hero point um, to give him one uh, rank in a reputation as innovative which right. I hope will help us later. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I, I continue, I continue. I load my harpoon gun. I, I am ready to shoot into another one. Bastian runs back into the other side of the ship just as another whale is coming to attack us and he slashes into its nose. It dives underneath us and turns around and you would not believe it, but every single whale flees from us, angry at the loss of its brethren, but so mourning and sad and frightened by the horrible and frightening crew of the iceberg that they cannot turn around and they cannot look back (laughs) (laughs) so uh, at the end of your story there's a a momentary silence in the hall Uh, somehow through uh, throughout the story more and more people were listening and finally you're standing on the table (laughs) telling the story and everyone is just watching and then a slow clap (laughs) it's joined by another and everyone is so pleased with the story and from behind you echoes Yar, <laughs> them's the heroes I've been looking for. And uh, Captain Galatus uh, turns you around by the shoulder and reaches out and shakes your hand so that you are sh- literally shaken. Um, <laughs> and uh, and says, "I be needing the room." <laughs> <laughs> 
now. <laughs> yes, sir, Galatus. And I start to leave. I like st- start he stepping off the table. He he he, he claps his hand. Uh, on a, on no, your no, shoulder. the good brand, the good brand. We need the room. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, I I come back from the door. <laughs> uh, and uh, sit. Oh, sure, I'm already just, sitting. just on the floor here. Or? <laughs> I think on the cushions is uh, yes, the proper. Yes, of course. I remove my hat and I bow deeply, but always keeping eye contact in pirate bow. <laughs> and I introduce us. Uh, I'm Captain Kirotik Vintimovich. This is good brand Stravendel. Strandvella. It's okay. You will get it eventually. <laughs> this is good brand Strandvella, the uh, storyteller. Bastian Corazon and Matteo de Calgari. And I sit. I be pleased to meet ye. Now, my dinner was, in fact, to find heroes, because I am in need of one. Be ye heroes, ye tell in the stories. Not an embellishment to be found. That's what I like to hear. So, if you've noticed, there's no mint. That's what it is. I've noticed when I came into town, I've had Numenari food before. There was something just off a little bit. It wasn't bad, but it was strange. It's mint. It's missing the mint. You cannot have true Numa food until you've had it with mint. We put it in everything. But, see, I've been quarreling with me, lady. And she controls all the mint in the land. And I be needing a sapling for myself. I, I be needing someone to go to Nuama, the island next to Lake Deman, and getting me one of the mint saplings. If ye do that, I'll grant you one request. Surely we are the fabled heroes up to the task. <laughs> It is true, but uh, I would be foolish to ask if perhaps this island is not very well guarded by, um, as you say, your lady? Yes. Well, that's why I be needing heroes. You see, she controls all the mint in the world. Only can be grown on Nuama. So, ye... Well, I, I did study uh, a little bit of botany at university, so no matter how well gardened it is, I'm sure I can. Uh, <laughs> I am sure I can create a habitable place for such a plant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move on past <laughs> that. You're going to have to ignore our, our young <laughs> associate here. He is very intelligent, but still lacking on some social skills. Excuse me? I'll have you know I also spent uh, two years at Lyceum. <laughs> okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been very helpful, Matteo. <laughs> Capitan Galatas. Um, is, uh, is this this island, the, the one of Nuama, is it, does it have a, a public port or is it entirely controlled uh, by the Lacadamon military? There be no port. <sighs> I, I stomach my, uh, my concerns uh, regarding the Lakedamon military and what I know about their dueling styles. I will save that for later to talk to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, will, I will say, or I will say uh, uh, then, uh, then you have found the four men who can do this best for you. He is right. The iceberg is a smuggling ship. We have no need for ports. And you know, my friend here, he, uh, my friend Bastian here, he is quite innovative. Uh, he will find us a way onto that island, I promise you. That's what I like to be here in. So, you've got 
six days. If ye be not back by then, you'll have reneged on our deal, and I'll be sending someone for ye. Consider yourself banned from the waters of Numenari. And what if we were to return to you within four days? Then I not be sending that. <laughs> <laughs> and we have earned the favor. Yes. That is more worthy to me than anything else you could offer. A fair deal indeed. Then we have an accord. I'll drink to that. I pick up my tiny I coffee also cup. Tiny coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Goblet of wine. I'll go ahead and grab one of the tiny coffee cups as well. <sighs> <laughs> to your adventures then. Scold? I don't know what that means. It means cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Yar. 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 You're close. <laughs> and he drinks and then, it's, and then says, I be needing my time, but you're welcome to eat as much as you like. The dinner's for ye. I will stay and eat a bit more. <laughs> sure, I am still hungry. I'm going to imagine what it tastes like with mint. <laughs> I don't even know what mint is. We don't have that in Vestimanavanyar. It never really makes it up that far. No, it really doesn't. It doesn't survive the climate either. Apparently one person controls the whole supply of it. Hmm. Maybe there is needs to be made a study. <laughs> um, after um, I am done eating, uh, does, the Galatas leaves us uh, in the room? Uh, yes, he leaves you in, in the dining hall, which is a generous... Generous name for it. Well, as soon as uh, we are alone, I will uh, uh, I will look a little more grim uh, and say, oh, "Okay, my friends, uh, I have I do not know what you are, uh, how much you know about uh, the Agosh fighting style, uh, but Lokedaman is the home of the uh, Dula style native to Numa. Uh, they are." The strongest warriors in all of Numa, they set the standard for, uh, for warfare in these waters. And uh, every man and woman is a capable fighter on that island. Uh, we are up against some of the best fighters in all of Thea. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> so we do not fight. We simply are not seen by any of those men or women, and we shouldn't have to. That would be the preferable thing for at least you two. <laughs> we not fight <laughs> right. a little bit. <laughs> Scuffle. Pick your battles is what I'm saying. I will follow Matteo's lead and critique it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but after I have, I have gotten that off of my chest, I can now enjoy this mintless food uh, to the best of my ability. Um, uh, it still tastes great. And now that you've identified why it's different, it does taste really good. It doesn't bother me as much. Yeah. Now the mystery is solved. <laughs> Nothing tastes better than knowledge. <laughs> I, why does everyone laugh? <laughs> is this funny? No. Uh, well, yes. But no. Once I am full, I will, uh, I will stand up and brush myself off. I would like to return to the Jenny's Hall. We're going to need to rest up uh, if we're going to make it uh, to Nuama and back in such short time. That's right. I promised that one girl I would sleep at, uh, uh, at the house. I don't know why she was so concerned with this. But you do not want to break your promises? No, of course not. I keep my word when I can and when it's convenient. <laughs> yes, she is expecting you. And uh, I will lead my, my friends back to the Jenny's Hall. Okay. Uh, yeah, so... Uh 
Walking downhill is much easier than walking up. So uh, you leave the Palisade um, and head downhill towards the Jenny's Hall. The view as you head down the hill is quite stunning. There's uh, the the sea seems to glow a little bit with sort of like blues and purples and greens. Um, and the the night sky is clear and full of stars. The the roofs and, and the uh, minarets are, are like basically only shadows against all of this. Uh, and uh, it it makes you feel as if you're walking down into a dreamland. Um, when you get to the Jenny's Hall, you're probably a little sad that the view is over. Um, but you arrive without any trouble and head inside. Um, it's much busier than before. Uh, there are people, most of the couches are in fact occupied. Um, none of the people who you met earlier in the day are there now, or at least can, uh, they can't be seen. But nevertheless, you are greeted by a, a young man um, who uh, is similarly dressed uh, to the man you met earlier, uh, and he greets you instead at, uh, at the door rather than having you walk all the way to the window. Good evening, my friends. Is there something I can help you with? Uh, we have four rooms. Uh, we were here earlier today. Um, I am Bastian Corazon, if you, uh, if you were given my name. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Welcome. Um, your home is our home. I, uh, I nod and bow to him. Um, for a company tonight, I think, uh, I would prefer a man or woman, uh, who knows how to wield a sword in the Numenari style. If you have someone who matches that description. No innuendo implied. <laughs> His tastes are very particular. So uh, the the man looks just as nonplussed as he did when you walked in the door um, and uh, sort of bows his head a little bit and says, of course, uh, happy to oblige. Um, which room are you staying in? And you show him I tell key. him whichever room. Yeah. Uh, it's got like a little... Um, fox on it um uh, like a pictorial um and uh he says of course you can expect a companion shortly thank you very much may i help your friends at all yeah well, presumably they can help themselves uh, someone sturdy and discreet please <laughs> <laughs> of course happy to oblige i'm okay i'm going up to bed i would like a good night's rest Wow. That'd be very helpful. I don't even think I was in that crowd. Uh, 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 I'm not. Uh, I'm not in line for anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where did you go? Uh, I think uh, I went in. Uh, I maybe uh, stood in or, or sat in the the seating area for a little while. Maybe had a nice conversation or two, and then headed up to the room. Okay, you guys settle in for the night. Uh, Bastion, you have a. A woman come up and uh, she brings her sword and bow uh, and uh, knocks on your door. Hello, come in. Good evening. Uh, Bastian Corazon, at your service. I take off my hat and I bow. I am Nissa. Uh, you may have surmised. Uh, for tonight, uh, I would like to uh, practice a bit. Uh, I may be facing some foes with uh, the similar fighting style that you apparently know. And I would like some pointers from you on how to best thwart them. Of course. She, like, 
shuts the door behind her and brandishes her sword. Let's begin. I've already moved the furniture out of the way. We begin to fight. <laughs> Just, you know, little tricks, little little fights. And then if she uh, if uh, she seems interested, uh, she can stay in, in the room for the night. She's interested. And she does. Captain Kirill, uh, the, there's a nice rap on your door. Oh, excellent. We have a fun, invigorating night, I hope. <laughs> you do. Uh, and uh, in the morning, your companions have already departed, and uh, you are permitted to sleep in as long as you like. I imagine we want to have a uh, an early morning. Yes, there is no time to waste. I ring a bell at their doors at dawn. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they put bells on our doors? This is the worst. <laughs> I asked for it special. <laughs> We're off. Yes. Get get up, get Hold dressed, on. let's I'm go Putting on my cloak, calm down uh, I will meet the rest of you at the ship I'm going to go find a blacksmith During my fighting with Nisa uh, I do believe uh, I felt like my, my sword was a little unbalanced uh, And I want to see if I can find a blacksmith with a pommel that will fit it uh, Sure, uh, there, there are enough places around here uh, The craftsmanship is... in Numa is fantastic And there is definitely uh, a standing army for the warlord so uh, blacksmiths are a plenty. Uh, what is it you're looking for? I'm looking for a new pommel for my sword to uh, to make the balance a little more aggressive. Sure. Um, without much trouble, you are able to find it. Um, he does ask for some gold, though. Sure. I do have one wealth. I will spend that if that is necessary. Uh, yes, he requires one wealth. I give him a sack of coin. Uh, and I, I brandish the sword a little bit and say, this will take some getting used to, but thank you very much uh, for your service. You are welcome. And then I rush to make it to the boat. I am standing there tapping my foot waiting for Best John to cast off. <laughs> I get on the boat and I stand there. I'm like, I'm ready to go. And then I see that Kirill's just looking at me. I go, all right. And I, I go and do my new duties aboard the ship. I, uh, I tie us off uh, or I untie us from the dock so that we may, uh, uh, we may sail away. Uh, and you do, sailing off into the Numenari approach. So what is our plan here? Are we just going to sail your giant ship into the island and just say, here we are, can we have a mint tree? Well, I assume I did a little bit of research on the geography of, uh, of the island of Nuama, and I know at least the place that uh, might behoove us for a landing. <laughs> I didn't spend my whole night last night... Uh, uh, sleeping, of course. I was I was up late into the night with my books. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Capitan Kirill here is uh, an expert smuggler. I understand. Yes, if you have a position for us to go, I will aim. Otherwise, I will find one when we get there. Um. Yeah. There. There's not a uh, a great deal great deal of maps of Nuama. It's a very small island, um, certainly smaller than um, Nikki Amara um, and, and its capital polis. So uh, as you uh, were researching it, there's not a whole lot to be found. If you'd like to roll Whitson Scholarship, you may. I will try. May I use my eagle eyes as we approach uh, from, you know, as near as that works, which is a mile away? Can I look at the uh, island and kind of denote where perhaps the most uh, activity would be? 
when when you arrive, that's absolutely something that you can do. It sure. is uh, about two days, uh, two days travel. Absolutely sure. Three raises. Three raises. So you uh, you were you were able to glean based on the geography what uh, where the most likely ports are, or natural ports were, and um, where you would strategically put a fort, and where the village of growers might be um, on the the rudimentary map that you have of the of the uh, of the island of Nuama, but. Uh, Unfortunately, there's still just not a whole lot of information uh, to be gleaned. Um, you think perhaps purposefully, as it's a major export. They keep their garnish a closely guarded secret. I suppose we'll have to do what we do best, improvise. I assume we would want to approach the island at night. Sure. Uh, during the two days of travel, is there anything... Uh, the the Numenari are pretty pretty good at keeping um, piracy out of their um, immediate vicinity. The Numenari approach is, for the most part, pretty well regulated. Um, the islands, even though they squabble amongst themselves, uh, do have the the common interest of self uh, preservation. Um, so there's um, you see no black flags. Um, coming toward you the sailing is pretty uneventful there is a scare when uh for a little while there is no wind um but the doldrums pass uh quickly uh and uh the the momentum with which the boat was moving was enough to get you to a new space uh with where you could catch the wind again and uh as you enter the waters of the island of nuama that's where we'll end our session. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by John Wick Presents. 7C is a trademark of John Wick Presents. For more information, go to www.johnwickpresents.com.